Welcome to Stream, a trucktractortrailer.com production. My name is Zach Miller. I'm your host, and I'm really excited today to be joined by uh, Bryce Mungin from the Owner-Operator Independent Driver Association, uh, talking about a really some really important developments here. As we know, anybody in trucking knows, and certainly we've talked about this on Stream a lot, uh, truck parking has reached crisis levels. Uh, around this country. It is a major safety issue and a major economic issue, the lack of safe overnight truck parking for our um, our hardworking truckers out there. But Bryce, it looks like there are some positive developments going on to rectify this issue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we've been working on for, for a long time. You know, as an association, been working on this for decades. We know it's been a problem for decades. Uh, just to give it a brief as history as possible, um, we uh, back in 2020, there was legislation introduced in the House of Representatives, uh, Representative uh, Mike Bost from Illinois and Representative uh, Angie Craig from Minnesota. Uh, they introduced legislation to dedicate funding for truck parking, basically would establish a grant program uh, and that would be solely dedicated to truck parking and expanding truck parking capacity. So. We've been working on that all along. That legislation passed the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee earlier this year in July, July 2022. And now just last week, we have exciting developments in the Senate uh, where um, effectively the same legislation was introduced. Again, um, it's uh, Senators Cynthia Lummis from Wyoming and Mark Kelly from Arizona. Uh, legislation is very similar, almost identical. It would set funding aside to be used exclusively for expanding truck park capacity. So uh, we're, we're excited about this. Uh, both bills are, are bipartisan, and now we can really move forward in the Senate on this. And that ties into, I guess, one of the themes of infrastructure, at least mm -hmm. with the current administration, is they want it done in a bipartisan way. Um, it The fact that both bills have similar language, the fact that mm -hmm. both are bipartisan. The fact that, um, you know, the the mouthpiece for the Administration on Infrastructure, Secretary mm -hmm. Buttigieg, has talked loudly about the need for truck parking. It seems like everyone's kind of aligned to get this done now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I do think so much of what we're hearing about truck parking is because of, frankly, what we've been doing to highlight this issue. Um, but we definitely have, certainly with our... The lawmakers we've been working this uh, on, uh, working with, um, have been enormously helpful advocates. Um, and, and the other issue too, you mentioned it's bipartisan. In the House, we have everyone from liberal Democrats uh, in California to conservative Republicans in Texas who are co-sponsoring the bill. Um, uh, but it's not just members of Congress, but you have broad industry support on this. Mm -hmm. So we're working with um, you know, ATA to try and get this over the finish line. We have trucking safety groups that are supportive, law enforcement groups that are on board. So uh, you're right. It is really important that there's tons of buy-in. Um, and we've been talking to the administration as well, sending them letters, making sure that they know it's a problem that needs to be addressed. So we've we've done as much as we can to build up the, the conversation around this. And it is, uh, you know, it's it's frustrating. It's not very satisfying for us all the time to come back and be like, you know, they're talking about this because, you know, it's easy to talk about stuff. But uh, we even did see they they did award some some grant money for truck parking projects. DOT, that is. They awarded mm -hmm. money for truck parking projects. So they are uh, we are starting to see some results from them on their own, too. So you're right. Um, this is hopefully something that with everything going on, we're able to get it over the finish line. And I guess just the last point about that. 
Um, is there anything else you need the listenership to do? Do, do, do you need them to contract, contact their local representative, their senator? What, what, what do you need from the people who listen to this, people in trucking to push us over the finish line? Yeah, that's exactly right. What, what needs to happen now is we need to build up more support in the Senate uh, to get it to a point where they can't, you know, they can't keep sitting on it. We want leadership in the Senate to move. We want the, uh, you know, the Senate committee with responsibility over this to, to bring it up and pass it out of committee for a vote. So really the way to do that is to contact your senators. Uh, you know, I'll put a plug in for our advocacy website. It's fightingfortruckers.com. Uh, you can go there, sign up for updates, but you can also, uh, you can find where we have our campaigns. You just click there, put your information in, and we've got some talking points you can send, but you can you know, type your own message up to your senators, or you can give them a call. And uh, the one thing I always say is, you know, don't be afraid you are, uh, if you're trucking, you're an expert on this issue and they need to be listening to you. So uh, it's important to speak up on this. Absolutely. Well said. Um, you know, as, as you and I did joke before we fired up the microphone here, <laughs> I am of the philosophy that every pun is intended here on stream. So uh, yeah. sw switching gears here, um, let's talk about another issue that um, that uh, OOIDA is really focused on um, current event wise, mm -hmm. too. And that is the surveillance on truck drivers. What's what's happening with that right now? Yes. Yeah, so FMCSA uh, put out this proposal um, and they're looking for information on regulation that would require trucks to have a what they're calling a unique electronic identifier mm. or basically like a tracking device that would allow for the remote identification of a truck that's that's going down the highway while it's in motion. So what they're looking for is basically this piece of equipment that would transmit information to law enforcement. Um, you know, at any time they're trying to like request it and pull it off the truck. And, uh, you know, we have a whole host of concerns about this, especially privacy first and foremost. Uh, you know, talk to almost any trucker and I'm sure they didn't tell they'll tell you they didn't get into the industry to have the government down their their necks on things. And uh, we already know from ELDs and all the other surveillance that's out there. Uh, you know, there's plenty of regulation, plenty of surveillance, and we still see crash rates going in the wrong direction. Um, with, with this mandate, what they're looking for, what they say they want to do, and they, I mean, FMCSA and law enforcement, which has kind of requested FMCSA do this, is they say, well, we'll be able to focus on uh, high-risk carriers because we won't have to pull everybody over. We'll be able to know who that is going down the highway because uh, we can pull up their DOT number, their name, what have you. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's not just that. You know, the FMCSA is asking, should we include information about the driver? Uh, do they have their medical certification up to date? Are they up to date on all their other fees? So this is just a Pandora's box. Um, and also, too, it's it's going to take um, the focus off of safety enforcement, because if you're just focusing on like, all right, what data can I pull off the road? Am I just going to wait for the, you know, an unsafe carrier to come by? Does that mean law enforcement's less likely to be looking for unsafe behavior and what else they can actually observe on the road? So this is something we're fighting right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that, especially if if it's if the purpose of this is being sold as um, as a way to reduce crashes. That's not something I, I see no connection between that. Yeah. And, and doing I, this. It, yeah. It, and I should say, I I think that's kind of something they're implying. I think what they're trying to sell this as like, oh, good carriers, you'll be so much better off because, you know, we'll leave you alone when we see that 
that, you know, you're not, you're good moving down the road, but we, you know, it's, that's a whole other concern with, you have bad data going in, uh-huh. bad CSA stores. So if you're pulling bad data out, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I think you hit on some two really good points there. First of all, I don't see this as the, um, as the cause to get fleets with bad CSA scores. I don't see this as what's going to get them to start to clean it up. They need to get it cleaned up, but I don't see this as that sort of inciting incident, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. the second thing is, and and I'm so glad it's, it's your organization that's really um, focusing on this because that you, you, you could talk among law enforcement and safety advocates and, and, and I could understand where they think this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes problematic, I think, is that fundamental misunderstanding of how the industry works. Because a quote-unquote unsafe carrier mm-hmm. may contract half their fleet out to owner-operators. So then mm-hmm. the question becomes, where is that unsafety really? Is it with the fleet drivers or is it with one, one or two bad independent contractors? And how many actually safe um, drivers are going to get caught up in a dragnet like that under the guise of there's one unsafe fleet? Right. I I think that's, that speaks to our frustration with just so many regulations that come out of FMCSA, which is how do you write regulations that work for a one truck carrier Mm -hmm. that also work for a 1000 truck carrier? So uh, and it also, too, you kind of, I think, alluded to it a little bit, but there's also that compliance burden, too. If mm-hmm. you're a one truck carrier, a small carrier, this is just something else. You're going to have to make sure you're, the transponder is working, the information's up to date. And if, you know, it's not, you can get dinged for that. So it's just it's taking the focus off of off of safety, we think, too. You know, if this is one more thing you're worrying about before you head out, it's less less time to focus on other important things. Yeah, I, I I think so too, and I think that's where it, it's that we don't know exactly where it is, but we know mm-hmm. there's that fine line between technology enhancing safety and then it's starting to curve downward a little bit, and something like this could be that curve downward. Yeah, definitely makes some sense, and especially too because you alluded to it, we we know the crash numbers are going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of theories behind it but one of them is definitely distracted driving and yeah and, you know it's it there have there's just too too much stimulation going on in the cab right now <laughs> do we if we're gonna add more to it i think yeah. we need a damn good reason for it and this on a first glance doesn't seem like it to me yeah yeah I, I, that that's exactly it you know the uh, one of the other things we've said is we've heard about Law enforcement able to use uh, cameras to kind of like pull information off the side of a truck, pull off the identifying information. And we're like, well, if you're saying you can already do that, then why not just keep doing that? Why? So you want to place the burden on the carriers to do this. So, uh, yeah, to your point, it's we, we don't see where the benefit at all with this is. So definitely, um, especially you, you owner operators out mm-hmm. there, definitely be sure to, to join um OOIDA, make sure to get on their mailing list and and, yeah. and always make sure to contact your your local representatives just to tell them what's going on. You don't have to be nasty about it. Just just let them know, you know, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. It's the only way they don't do this for a living. You do. So they need to be hearing from you. And it, it's wonderful, Bryce, the work that you and your team do to uh, to educate um, many of our, our representatives up there in Washington. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. And like you said, getting involved, they they 
if they're going to be any good at their jobs, they need to be listening to truckers. <laughs> well said. If you like the content you see, please subscribe and we'll see you next time on stream.